If Tarkovsky was alive, would he be making YouTube videos? Would he be a vlogger? I don't would know. He, he, would he have a podcast called Smodcast? And would he then riff with his friend and his friend says something kind of dumb as a reference to a Canadian uh, social issue or event that occurred in Edmonton and then uh, write a, a whole trilogy inspired by it? I mean, I would not be surprised. Tarkovsky seems like that kind of guy. This is from Justin McCain, a podcast where Mike Robertson and Bob Rue watch one critically acclaimed film and one terrible film and talk about how they are the same. Hey everybody, this is from Justin to Kane. Uh, I'm Bob. And I'm Mike. And on this episode, we we, we watched two really uh, different and wonderful films for different reasons. And yet, if you're a fan of the cast, if you're a friend of the pod, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, then you will know that these movies are also very similar. Because that's what the whole point of this is. And ideally, you watched both of them with us. Yes, we you saw You saw the title of this episode, and you said, I gotta stop. I'm not gonna listen to this yet. I'm gonna watch these two movies. What were the movies, Mike? The two movies we watched were Stalker. And? Yoga Hosers. Yes. So yes. we watched Stalker by Andre Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. I was gonna say Rublev, <laughs> but that's a movie that he made. That was his first movie. This first feature. That's a little fun fact for you. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. We're recording. Oh, right okay. Now. Then keep U- it in. S O B. Okay. And then uh, the other one was Yoga Hosers made by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Um, yeah. Also his first feature. Also not his true. first feature. Absolutely yes. not true. If it was no. his first feature, I'm already gonna shit talk the movie. It'd be more forgivable. <laughs> Damn it. I'm so sorry. We can't edit that out. All right, all right. We'll no. Um, the yoga hosers made by yoga hosers made by kevin smith 24 years into his career he made arguably his worst film yeah and uh also the genesis of it is the most casual genesis of a film idea i've ever heard which is just a light riff on a podcast yes which then led to an entire feature-length screenplay being written as a sequel as a spinoff, rather, not a sequel. Yes. So it's a spinoff, so it's in the same cinematic universe as the film Tusk, which was also a bit Yes. on his podcast. So, you know, it's a bad movie. We'll admit that now. Yeah. But then also we have to also acknowledge that the movie was kind of made with a little bit of, you know, who cares? We're just having fun kind of thing. And, you know, you can kind of see that in the movie. And it it's just it like, feels it's, like an inside yeah, it feels like an inside joke the entire time, which it 100% <clears throat> truly is to the point where in the end credits they actually just have the excerpt from the podcast of them just wheeze laughing. I've got one question. Yeah. Do you think they put that in at the end after they saw the film and they realized what it was? They thought maybe if we show them where it came from, people will then like it. Do you think that was a choice or do you think they were going to put that in? I don't even, time? I don't see the other thing is I don't even know that they knew it was bad or that they cared. That's, Totally fair. Like they, they probably didn't care. Yeah, I can see because it's such a family affair. Hashtag Mary J. Blige. They probably <laughs> were just like, "This is fun. This is for us. The fans will eat it up," kind of thing. Yeah, and it really feels that way when you're watching it. 
Also, I can, well, as I was watching, I was like, I can see a teenager. They, I can see a teenager watching that movie and loving it. Yeah. Like it being their favorite movie. Not unlike how Kevin Smith movies that I do not like now. I loved Mallrats when I was 13. I loved Master of Disguise. Not a Kevin Smith film. But one no. that doesn't hold up is you age as a human being. Exactly. You grow up and you realize it's bad. That's fine, though, I think. Yeah, totally. There's nothing wrong with that. No, ain't nothing wrong with that. Again, I'm not above it. Yeah, you're not above it. All right. Hit us with the history of, st- <laughs> of Stalker. Mike. All right, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna start it off with the less exciting history of Truly the two less films. Exciting. Oh, that is the the film Stalker made in 1979. It was a good movie, although it was not met with uh, universal claim at the time. A lot of people thought it was boring. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then also, it just it just wasn't like a box office hit. I don't think either. Uh, but that's neither here nor there because it is now regarded as one of the best films ever. On many lists, a lot of Tarkovsky films are on that list. Some Here's a little back, background on the making of the film. So the film was shot multiple times with multiple cinematographers. Really? Yeah. Uh, the first time they made it, it was they got the film developed and it was improperly developed and it was kind of screwed up. So, really? Yeah. And so Tarkovsky basically just reshot the whole thing. Oh with a God. different cinematographer. He also apparently was, had a lot of beef in a little bit with his go-to guy. Later, just in case you might want to see some sort of restored version of the original, mm-hmm. it was uh, it burned down in a house. The, the original cut, or the original... The master's got was in some lady's house and got burned. Burned down. She was Man. like related to the production, and then it just got burned, so... Did she survive? I don't remember. She well, Let's just say she didn't. Just to make the story it's more really like dramatic. Epic. Yeah, yeah, it's more yeah. epic. More existential. Yeah. Cool. So epic fail for Andre Tarkovsky there, you know what I'm saying? What kind of idiot has to make a movie more than once? Apparently he made it 2.5 times. Really? So yeah. he shot half of it again? The, I read multiple different things, so mm-hmm. I'm going to average it out. And the films were like identical, pretty much. He basically just like, oh, got to redo that whole thing again. And then he just like reshot the whole thing as he shot it originally. Which is a pretty funny move. Pretty funny. Instead of being like, I'm going to just make these changes. He's like, nope, I think I was doing it right the first time. <laughs> so he reshot with a second cinematographer. Uh, also, the Soviet film boards wanted to shut it down. He somehow convinced them to let him make it again if he made it into two parts. Right. Which is why you watched it in two parts. Oh, interesting. I watched it on the Criterion Blu-ray. So they Christine, kept it all. 1080. Seen the way it was meant to be seen. I and I it saw was it saw it as one part. And it, it works better as one part, I think. Yeah, definitely. I can't actually imagine how they would split that up and have anybody want to see the second part. It's pretty... The Mine, mine just like played half and then just reloaded and played the second half without yep. a break. But I can't... The, this, the, this, it's not like television where they write it so that there's always a cliffhanger or whatever. Yeah. It just like, just kind of ends. It's like happening and it's like, oh, by the way, like two hours went by and it's over. You have yeah. another hour and 45 if you wish. Yeah. They're not in the room yet. No. They're still walking. Yeah. And talking. Mm-hmm. So the film also has, uh, he makes use of a lot of Tarkovsky and long takes. Mm hmm. Apparently, there's only 142 shots in 163 minutes. Wow. So, lots of... <clears throat> the average shot is apparently 88 seconds. That is a long-ass take. Yeah. So, if you love shot-counter-shot style conversation, you are watching the wrong movie. Yeah. Watch mm-hmm. Yoga Hosers. Watch Yoga Hosers, because there's a lot of that in there. The film was based on a book okay, called cool. Roadside Picnic, the authors of which I don't remember the names of. They're yeah. also long in Russian. 
Cool. So Russian novel. I wouldn't be able to pronounce it if I tried, but also, yeah. So it's based on a science fiction novel called Roadside Picnic. The zone in the film was inspired by a nuclear accident that took place near Chelyabinsk in 1957, where several hundred square kilometers were polluted by fallout and abandoned. And to that point, the terms from the film were used when people were talking about the Chernobyl disaster kind of casually. They would call it the zone, and then people who would actually go into the to the look after the power plant after it happened were called stalkers. Like that's what the language they oh, use. Because wow. I guess the movie was like well known enough around that area that we yeah. call them a stalker. Yeah, you know, but oh, in yeah. a good just, accident, just like that. Also, another thing about the film was something I found pretty interesting. Tarkovsky wanted to achieve the conceit of Aristotelian unity. Uh, in in a film, and so in the script for this, he thought that this would be a good a good film to do that. And in short, Aristotelian unity is as follows: it is three points. One, unity of action in that something should have one action that it follows with minimal subplots. Yeah. Two, unity of time, action should occur over no more than twenty four or forty eight hours. Uh, unity of place, that being. Something should exist in a single physical space and shouldn't try to compress geography. Uh, nor should the stage represent more than one place, which is didn't happen. No. But also, we're not in a freaking play, Aristotle, okay? So just chill the F out, all you Aristotle heads. <laughs> so that is kind of just like all of the stuff that I gleaned from wikipedia.com and imdb.com. Great. That's super solid. That's a really good intro. I mean, I actually took a Tarkovsky class in film school. Yeah, so I did. probably could have done better had I actually gone through my old notes and stuff, but I kind of don't remember anything from that class because it was very dry. Dense, very dense dry. That, hey? During the labs, I remember falling asleep through many a Tarkovsky film. I wonder what it's like to be an author or a filmmaker that you know your work will only be appreciated in an academic setting. Like academia will like completely dive into your work, but on a consumer level, you'll be sort of pushed to obscurity you know what i mean like like there are novelists and there are filmmakers whose work is often hard to read but yes. but but shakespeare it, i mean yeah yeah but i, I, mean, say, like, I'm, I don't foster enjoy wallace, reading shakespeare like nobody reads david foster wallace unless they're david foster wallace heads or they're in an academic setting and they're like you have to read infinite jest no i'm actually reading Monica. infinite jest right now i know you are and the reason is and I think it's the really the only reason people read Infinite Just Now is to say that they did it or because they're involved in some sort of twisted book club with friends <laughs> where they're just like, let's One of those see if cults. we can do this. Yeah. I'm going to see who can do this. So now there's a competition. You also don't want to fail your friends. Yeah, but fail also in front you of your friends. reading that book in what, like 28 days? I'm no, there's no, there's no, there's no time limit. It's kind of like before well, the end of the summer. Club, no, we're not actually going to talk about it. We're I know, just kind of updating each other on our progress. Well, I know. I'm I'm friends with you on Facebook. Yes, I, you, I, read, I read the thread. I'm yeah. very much in the loop. I own it. I've, I've tried twice. Should we talk about uh, Yoga Hosers? Also a film I would argue is only really appreciated in an academic setting. Go on. Um, no, that was a lie. There's no way a film studies class would ever delve into this cinematic thing. Also, we're beefing with Smodcast fans right now. Yeah, we totally are. Just by we? just by doing this, just by its existence alone, by this subject being discussed, having the we um, have enemies, having the unmitigated audacity to compare Yoga Hosers to Stalkers. one of Tarkovsky's greatest films, one of the greatest films of the 20th century. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You and I are bad people. We are. Or no, we're 
We're bad boys. We're bad boys. But chicks love bad boys. They really do. Especially they really intellectual do. bad boys. Yeah. Ones who delve into films academically, quasi academically, I'd I would say. argue not super academically. What's what's the less than quasi? Pseudo? No, that's more. Pseudo academically. No, pseudo, pseudo is pretending to be. Then I would say pseudo. Okay, we're pseudo academically. Yeah, I would say I'm pretending to approach this academically, even though I have no credentials. You do. I do. Yeah, I have a film studies degree, and I actually took a Tarkovsky class and a Smith class. Did you? Hell no. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, Yoga Hosers is um, uh, the second film in the True North trilogy, which is still in the works. Um, the first film is Tusk, which was a film made before this, and then uh, this film was released in 2016. Uh, the genesis of this film is really interesting. A guy named Scott, is it Mosier? That's right. Mosier. Who's the co-host of Smodcast with um, Kevin Smith. He made a comment. He was bringing up... Uh, uh, oh, he, he made a, a comment after Kevin Smith brought up that Simon Metke, an Edmonton yoga instructor, was busted by the RCMP because he stole a piece of art from the Montreal Museum of Fine Art. Um, That's where we live. Yeah, we do. We live in Edmonton. Yeah, we do. It's crazy. And then a local yogi was was arrested. And uh, uh, Scott Moser made the joke of saying, oh, they probably said open up yoga hoser. Yes. And then that that got such a reaction on the Internet that Kevin Smith then said in a subsequent episode of Smodcast, that's going to be the title of my next film. Yeah, it became an inside joke on the podcast where yeah. they'd be like, hey, yoga hosers. Yeah, Totally. So Which it, is like kind of fun. It's like WTF, the yeah. Mark Maron podcast was like, hey, what the fuckers? Yeah, the what the sorry mom. No. Sorry, mom. We could put a we could put a beep over that. <laughs> Should this be a censored podcast? Let's decide now. Uh yeah. Rock, paper, scissors if it's okay. so who who I'm saying yes, you're saying no. I'm saying no. No no censored. This is this is raw. Clean. This is raw. <laughs> Cool. Okay, rock for. I mean, wait. I'm not gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Are you gonna do rock? No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Rock, paper, paper scissors. scissors. Oh, oh no, God. he chose rock too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay let's try it here. Rock, paper, scissors. Aha! I switched ah. it up. I knew you were gonna choose right. rock. It's clean. It's a clean podcast. No, I sang it's raw. Oh, I was I saying win. it's raw too. You said it was clean. No, I didn't. Oh, damn it. Okay, so we're doing a, ple- a clean podcast. No, we're doing a... But I lost. We will re- we're not going to retroactively bleep anything that we've already recorded. But anything There's going forward, no cursing. Yeah, unless it happens because it's organic and we're yeah, human. That's right. Then Anyways. it's not censored. But also, true censorship is government censorship. Yeah. We're just Fascist. doing this for fun. Topical. Ooh. Because fascism is a major component of this film. That's correct. Anywho, okay, so this film, so the Genesis was a very casual uh, thing, a phrase just brought up as a sort of riff in a in a setting not unlike what Mike and I are in right now. Oh, yes, just, in a kitchen. Just, just uh, shooting the bleep, as one might say. Nice. Um, shooting the digestion, one might say. Um, the doo-doo. Yeah, the doo-doo, the poo-poo. Deuce. Uh, deuce, yeah. What, the deuce? I do, That's the deuce. Stewie. What the deuce? Very good. What the deuce, Brian? I'm not. It doesn't sound as good when I hear it in headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds better in IRL when people are just like, yeah, when you don't actually hear that. yourself. Yeah. I love that. Okay, yeah. very good. Uh, yeah. So, so it was just like a bit 
And then it became the title of the film. It became an inside joke on the podcast with the fans. Uh, and then it was a real family affair. So Kevin Smith wrote it. His hashtag Mary J. It. Blige. Yeah, hashtag Mary J. Blige. Very, very good. Very good. Um, and Johnny Depp and his daughter are in this film. Oh, my God. Which is so weird. Johnny Depp did it because he's a huge fan of Mallrats and another film I can't recall. Saving Amy? Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Bob, wow. you piece of garbage. How <laughs> can you get Amy? this wrong? Uh, it's easy. Which it's also a- has a Criterion release, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. It's, I think, Do you own it? I think it's the only... No. Heavens, heavens no. Come on, man. I don't own a lot of Criterion movies. Stalker was just like a movie that I bought because it just came out. And oh, sorry, Jersey Girl and Chasing Amy were, were, Chasing were the two films that he loves. Yeah, Mal like, Rats, I'll totally do this. Mallrats does has not aged well. <laughs> wow, well, very very uh, polite comment you just made. Anyways, we can cut that out. Yeah, I don't want the legion of Smodcast listeners coming after us because we know they'll all hear. We this. just told them where we live. Oh no! Then they only have a million people to pick from. Yeah, that's right. My address is. <laughs> we'll give your hint as to where our location is so you can beat us up if you make sure that this podcast gets listened to by as many people by as, as many people as smodcast yeah. that's the only way that we'll reveal our location so you can beat us up for besmirching the name mm-hmm. of the great case the, the clue is what i'm uh, not telling them now they have to yeah we have to achieve those kind of views and then that or not ear views i'd give there, up my I fixed anonymity it. to, yeah. to for fame to garner uh public attention as well as scrutiny right. yeah that's what we want yes uh yeah so johnny depp loves chasing amy and jersey girl and then he's like yeah i'll totally be in this movie and uh my daughter will too uh plus she was in um tusk as well yeah. so so they re- reprised their roles as the um yeah yeah colleen colleen c and colleen m and then their yoga fans talking um, to the mic Anywho, so it's a real family affair. Um, Hashtag Mary J. Blige. (laughs) Hashtag Mary J. Blige. This film is fascinating. It is a wild, wild ride. Um, Kevin Smith um, had a hard time casting the Bratzies, which are um, wiener Nazis, mini wiener Nazis. He he got a few people in and they all bailed and he's like, okay, I'll just do it. And for the first time in 20 years, he had to shave his face. (gasps) Because um, oh. if you see it in the film, he has no facial hair. I mean, that's great casting. Really good. Because you never would have guessed who it was. No, but but Kevin Smith himself, he wrote it, he directed it, he edited it, and he played the million henchmen who are tiny little wiener um, Nazis who, for some reason, climb up butts to kill their victims. Yes, which is fascinating. Um. This film had really negative reception when it came out. Oh, it is, yes. uh, the the reviews. There are no positive reviews of this film. To be honest, like they are, it is. This is truly a universally panned film, and there are a lot of harsh comments made against uh, Kevin Smith as a filmmaker. Well, because they're like, wow, like yeah, twenty four years into his career, into a once promising career, which is a very negative thing to have said in a, in a review. But uh-huh. many many reviewers agree that this is truly. Either an indication of his demise as a filmmaker, or it's a real slump, and he'll like he'll climb back out and uh, you know get five more million dollars to make another film that's maybe not a whim. I don't know. Well, yeah, he has made some good movies. Chasing Amy's got a Criterion Collection release. I don't like that movie. I think it's that's fair. not good. I've never hasn't aged well. Mm-hmm. Very juvenile. Looks terrible. Right. Poorly shot. 
Well, but, whose fault is that? Uh, the camera guy, I guess, or the producer, or everyone, everybody, collective, yeah, collective. They deuced the bed. Yeah, but you know, it represents the time and the place that it came out. Yeah, it's very '90s. It's very indie post Sundance kind of movement. Mm-hmm. That movie deserves a place in history just for its what it represents. I guess Fun fact, not well, necessarily Sundance, for being very. Yoga good. hosers played at the Sundance 2016 Sundance Festival. Oh my. 2015 Sundance Festival. It was one or the other. I can't remember. I feel like Kevin Smith is. Yeah, he's got easy fingers and Sundance pie. I think he's kind of just just grandfathered to Robert Redford. And he's like, I got a new one. He's like, all right. Yeah, you got it. Sundance kid says, "Okay." Yep, that's good. But uh, so, yeah, that's many people think that's his great movie. They're wrong. The best movie he's ever made, I think, is Dogma. Mm -hmm. It came right after. Looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Pretty funny. Mm hmm. That would have been a good movie to seriously compare, I think, to Stalker. But we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Choosing one that's uh, hated by the critics and one that's loved by the critics. Yes, and Red and State also apparently was a pretty good movie, which I never saw, but apparently says that's Kevin Smith's actual best film. Yeah, I, And that I, came out before Tusk. It's not that he can't make a good movie. It's he just he, he followed some impulses that were maybe questionable. Exactly. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I, you can see why he did it. It's a lot of fun. He also doesn't have anybody to please but his fans. Mm-hmm. And his fans are very into Kevin Smith to the point where he will release a book of things that were just transcribed from his podcast. So wow. people will read a book of him talking about taking a dump, which is great in the conversation when you're just having fun with your friends talking about reading that or reading that. But people have bought this book, so it's like obviously he knows how to great yeah it. get get into the psyche of specific people and really be I don't know likable or there's something really attractive about him. He did a good job of building a fan base in the '90s. Also, when the internet kind of came out, he, he his timing was impeccable yeah, on that front. He did a like good socially, job. there was so much change at that time. Yeah, and uh, he, he he knows how to use social media too. He was like riding, he's really smart. He was riding the nerd wave also before it, before it exploded, and we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Yeah. He, he he got in before it was cool and hit. Yeah. Which so. is uh, also remarkable and a hard thing to do, especially yeah. now. Props to Kevin Smith for all that stuff. All right. Uh, do you want to kick it off there, Mike? Yes. Both are adaptations. One is an adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. The other one is an adaptation of a inside joke on a podcast. Great. That's yeah. really good. Um, uh uh wow this is going great bob <laughs> said he had a whole page of notes all right he's so clearly lying the first one no my first four notes are stretches so i'm not going to do them that's that's those are the best ones well, I'm gonna i'll, save, save, I'll them. save them for later my, save them my, for later. My, my first one is a uh like a lensing one both Excuse films me. have shots where you where in the very foreground of the frame is the back of a head and then in the background and the majority of the frame is where that subject is looking. So mm. in Stalker, in the first few minutes, there's a scene where the stalker is looking ahead. And you see the very back of his balding head. And then you see in, in the background where he's looking. And in um, uh, Yoga Hosers, you see the back of the Bratzi's head yeah. as they climb into uh, the buttholes of their victims. Yes. So both... Both films really utilize this very subjective yet objective uh, and really uh, pretty intense camera angle where you see like you see the back of their head. So you aren't them. It's not their POV, but 
you see exactly what they're seeing too. But the only part you don't see is the part of the frame they occupy, which is a really strange uh, framing choice. Yes, but both films did it. So both, both films both are great it. for doing that. Uh-huh. The opening of both films starts with a slow tracking in shot. Yeah, both films build themselves on a geographically specific and important place where the majority of the plot unfolds. So Good. in Stalker, uh, obviously they want to make it to this room in the zone where your ideas and dreams can manifest. Mm-hmm. And in spoiler alert, Hosers, spoiler alert, sorry, they, they, the fans, the fans, the listeners have seen this movie. If they haven't, why would they, they literally have no reason to listen to this. Wait, if we were like the insane clown posse, or Which even Kevin, be. or yes, we could be, could be, you don't know. Yeah. We could be Violent J and Shaggy Tudo. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. Yeah. You can t- probably well, tell what? from our voices, but you can, you don't know. Yeah. But anyway, they have fans called Juggalos, if you didn't know. What would our <laughs> hypothetical fans be called? A hypothetical being the operative word here. Uh, from Justin to Kel- Tron. I, was, I was thinking Kelly Canes. Kelly Canes? Yeah. Wait, why? Where, where's the cane coming from? The Citizen Kane. Oh, good. Kelly Canes. Good. Yeah. Kelly Canes. Like, what's up, Kelly Canes? Yeah, what's up? What's up, Kelly Canes? What's up, uh, Kelly Stranots? What's up, Kelly Chefanatos? Just Kelly and then something else. Yeah. That's, I like, it, it's, it's although it's good. called from Justin to Kane, not from Kelly to Kane. Mm-hmm. From Justin to Kane. Yeah. I guess we could just call him Kaneys. Canies. Can- Call them canines. Canines. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. From now on. <laughs> What's up, canines? What's up, canines? <laughs> we do love dogs. We do love dogs. This must. podcast loves dogs. Must love dogs. Yeah. Wow. A lot of thunder going on outside. Thunderbolts and lightning. Um, yeah. So both both films have in, in, in their narrative and, and in the focus of the film, there's, there's a geographic spot that is the reason the film is unfolding. So in Stalker, it's the room where your ideas can manifest and come true. And in um, Yoga Hosers, it is the A to Z store, convenience store, um, which is above a secret, spoiler alert, Nazi chamber. What? Yeah. I guess another thing is like, yeah, both the, the, the spoiler of each movie is also in that geographical location. That's another Uh similarity. That's a tangential one off of the original one. But yeah, there you have it. That's great. Both in both films, uh, the central characters are on the run from a military presence of some kind. Yes. Fascistic military presence even because you don't really get a sense of who the bad guys are Mm -hmm. in stalker that are driving around in their trucks and like make sure people aren't on the streets. Yeah. But you get the sense that they're not, Good guys. Uh-huh. You get the sense that they're kind of dressed Nazi-ish, but they're not Nazis, probably. Yeah. It's, it's just like very, a very totalitarian. dystopian, totalitarian. Yeah. A lot of syllables. Yeah. So. Yeah. We love long words. Also, both films, uh, the first scene opens with children and cacophony. Yes. You have the child in bed while there's a train going in the background. Yeah. And in Yoga Hosers, but. it's the two teenagers playing music. <laughs> Music in quotes. Mike's just air quoted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, both films feature a character that is a writer in search of something. Oh, interesting. So Guy Lacroix, played by Johnny Depp, is yeah. a writer. He's an author. He's a published author. And he's also an investigator. And mm. in Stalker, writer, the writer, who goes by the name writer, 
uh, is in search of something as well. That's right. And they both take the entire film to reach their conclusion of like what they're in search of. And I would argue both are just really lost. Yeah, both don't really achieve anything. Get even close. No. Goddamn close. Yeah. Uh, on that tip, uh-huh. I will say the films bear a striking similarity in terms of the uh-huh. trio that's presented. U-S-O-B. Is that, that one that you mine. have? Yeah. Well, uh, you so want to say it? No, no, no. It's all yours. In Yoga Hoser, Guy Point is not unlike the stalker, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a wizened figure who guides the other two people through their journey. Mm-hmm. With also a limited degree of success, I would yeah. even say. Mm-hmm. And then the two other characters, the Colleens, uh-huh. they both have like a weird thing with their names in that they don't have a name because they're the Colleen, so we don't really know the difference between either of them. Can I hop on that one? Yeah, hop on. Yeah, totally. So so one I had was that they both go by their role, not their name. So oh, yeah, char- right. characters, so they're called the yoga hosers. That's right. Um that's that's what they're often addressed as versus their names. And then, yeah, in um, Stalker, it's like the writer, the professor. They don't go by names. The Stalker. So that's a kind of kind of a wacky, weird thing. Well, even the Stalker doesn't mean what you, what you would think it means. Stalker normally means you walk in after somebody and being a real creepo. Yeah. But in this movie, it means that you guide someone into a, a mythical zone that like kind of has creepo. a fantastical room that grants wishes. Yeah. And uh, in Yoga Hosers, you know, they do do yoga, but they do not... You never see a hose in the film ever. They never have hoses. No, no, they don't. Both films, um, from a, a, a sort of a creative and artistic standpoint in their approach, rely on ambiguity for much of the film. In mm. that, as a viewer, and I like that the Tarkovsky said he's like, I purposely made this a very uh, air quotes deliberate film, which means very slow, very painstaking, very intentional, but arguably to some boring. Uh-huh. I would say that um, Yoga Hosers has a similar approach. I mean, the opening number of the song made me not want to watch the rest of it, to be I'll, honest I with you. I will agree with that. So, so uh, it, of course, the technique was different, but both films have sort of this alienation to the audience right out of the gate. But as it unfolds, they, you get so little information, you don't really know what's going on a oh, lot of wow. the time. Oh, wow. It's so true. And, and, and scenes keep happening, characters keep talking, and then you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you, you're given information that's, constantly, but it never actually matters. No, that's wild. Yeah. So, so, so that I, would, I would just say from a writing standpoint, I think they really both uh, harnessed the same sort of approach and intention in their writing and the execution of the films, even though the techniques were different. Yeah. The, the outcome was the same in terms of like, as an audience member, how you receive the information. That's a good one. Thanks. Um, that's the first time you've ever complimented me. Thanks, okay, well, I take it back. <laughs> feel free to edit. No. The, feel free to edit this take. Me saying, oh, "I like that one," or whatever I and said. Make it my ringtone. No, well, you can you can do that too. But no, feel free to go to the other episodes and plug that in whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, Mike's not being nice enough to me. The, the mic, the mic compliment hour. Yeah. In every episode, you just have to compliment me on my pseudo academic interpretation of these films pseudo is a great i don't have a degree and you do so if anybody's dishing out the compliments and they matter it's you oh that's nice to me there's definitely a power dynamic here but we can talk about that later yes save it for the other i can definitely beat you up i mean yeah uh the next point that i had was both films are kind of like part of a duo of films if you could say okay yeah 
Stalker was uh, was a movie that was kind of released in two parts, somewhat oh. in- inexplicably. Yeah. And Yoga Hosers really only makes sense, really only makes sense if you've seen the first part, which is Tusk. Yeah, even though they are utterly unrelated. Kind of, yeah. wise They're just in the same cinematic universe. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of interesting. That's a really cool one. And also, if you saw uh, Stalker Part 1, but you never saw Stalker Part 2 or vice versa. You'd be you so know, lost. You'd be so lost. So I'm sure you'd get a similar feeling. Yeah. Both films also feature an unhappy mother. May I double down on that one? Both films. Wrap it with chicken and cheese, please. <laughs> Use <laughs> chicken as the bun. <laughs> All right. This episode was brought to you by KFC. Go to KFC and use the promo code from Justin to Kane. <laughs> and just to, <laughs> just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. You'll probably confuse somebody. Yeah. You somebody might perplex them to such a degree that they give that you free they chicken. Give you free chicken. <laughs> and guess what? It's going to be a sandwich. And guess what? Chicken's going to be the bun. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, let me double down on that. Both films utilize um, a strained father-child relationship. Mm. So so the the one Colleen, who is the, the daughter of the owner of the uh, convenience store, they, they have a strained relationship. They're very close, but they also try to, like, manipulate each other in um, yoga hosers. And, and, like, when the dad's trying to sleep with that stepmom slash wicked woman that they yeah. interpret her as. Uh, then and then, they sing and that then, song. then abandon immediately after that scene. Yeah, then totally abandon. He, but they sing that song just to make him cry so that they're not like banging or yeah. whatever. Um, and then in Stalker, uh, the opening scene, or not the opening scene, but when the kid and the dad are sleeping and then he has a bit of a fight with his well, wife uh-huh. about, about how bad their relationship is yeah. with their kid. So bo- both films use that really sort of strained familial um uh, sort of power dynamic. Yeah, that's good. Or interaction. Yeah. So, so yeah. Also, both films are pretty much a sausage party. There's three dudes. They are you, what you see for 95% of the film in Stalker. And in Yoga Hosers, there's like literal sausages. <laughs> They're having a great time, it seems like. They're having so, a great time, and then they get like beat up, and then they're yellow on the inside? That's sauerkraut. Oh... Interesting. I actually, when I watched that, I was like, that's a nice touch. That's funny. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. Also, both feature characters going through a long tunnel. Yeah. Uh, in Stalker, the characters walk through this, you know, literal long tunnel. And in Yoga Hosers, a uh, sausage goes up a butt. Yeah. And there is a tunnel as well, like a literal tunnel in Yoga Hosers when that toilet gets retracted. That's right. Yeah. So there, there, there are double tunnels. It's a secret passageway. Yeah. That, yeah. Leads that, to that, a that Nazi only chamber. one person can guide them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both films, aesthetically speaking, reference Canada. Yes. Okay. So, Yoga Hosers, obviously, the film takes place in Winnipeg, um, and they, everybody is Canadian in the film, and there are toques worn, there are hockey jerseys worn. Wait, that movie was set in Canada? Yes. I had no idea there was. <laughs> Literally no references to anything remotely Canadian. What are you talking about? I want to hear that cool. at least a hundred more times. Oh, you will. Uh, and in um, uh, Stalker, the characters are really cold, and uh, one of them wears a toque, and they all wear long jackets, and they have boots on. And uh, there's a scene in the tunnel, and there are icicles that are forming and dripping. Mm. Um, and... The landscape looks very Canadian. It's very sort of like flat and tree, but also very cold and damp. 
mm-hmm. which is an inherently Canadian uh, uh, natural aesthetic that I think people often think of when they think of Canada. I would I would dare say that both films take place in a wasteland if you would say that Canada is a wasteland. And I've been to Winnipeg in the winter. And it is. And I think it's a bit of a wasteland in the winter. Totally, it's man. It's too cold. You have every right to say that. I do think to all the peggers. Are they called peggers? Is that an offensive term? I, I have no idea. I feel like we'll call them peggers. Great. <laughs> in both films, history is always haunting the present. So you have in soccer the sense of nuclear destruction or nuclear wastelandiness that is you now of like the Russia USSR kind of area. Yeah. And then um, in uh, Yoga Hosers, more explicitly, just the discussion of Canadian Nazis. Yeah. Nazism kind of like infecting Canada, which is very topical. This movie is more topical than it probably intended to be two years ago. Yeah. Actually, that was probably the best part of the movie. I wonder if this is right. And I looked it up and it was. Really? That's like not, it wasn't just made up. That's so cool. Interesting. Yeah. So that was like a little bit of real Haley Canadian Joel history. Haley is actually a Canadian Nazi? Yes, he is. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. Both films also feature Haley Joel Osment playing a Canadian Nazi. Yes. Both films have scenes in which a character wakes up and is confused. So mm. in uh, Yoga Hosers, Guy Lacroix and the two Colleen. Guy Lapointe. Lapointe. Oh, yeah. Lapointe. I wrote Lacroix in my notes. La you, just were, you were just thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want some Lacroix or Lacroix, Very buy some funny. Lacroix and use the promo code from Justin to Kane. And just see what just that does. Just see what happens. <laughs> you don't know unless you try, right? Yeah. So live life. They people. might give you a discount on this LaCroix or LaCroix, however you pronounce it. I call it LaCroix. <clears throat> I can't believe I called him the wrong name at least four times. You are just thirsty. Yeah. I you just wanted some fizzy, fizzy water. I love fizzy water. Anyways, um, he wakes up in sort of the Colleen's and they're in the Nazi chamber. And he's like, well, what are we doing here? And then there's a scene in Stalker during that sequence where there's little sand heaps almost the the moguls of sand and yes. then that one character who went ahead of them the writer i believe wakes up and he's like whoa where am i mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh also both of them are hashtag family affairs hashtag mary j blige uh because yoga hosers how it's like the smith family his wife his daughter mm-hmm. johnny depp's wife johnny depp's daughter are all in the film plus you know kevin smith and johnny depp yeah plus the View Askew family, that being Kevin Smith's podcast people and all the people who used to be in his movies, including, you know, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Uh, and in Stalker, the poem that the woman or the little girl reads at the end is written by Tarkovsky's father. Oh, wow. Who was a, a Russian poet. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a fun thing. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. That is really interesting. Both films deal with frames in interesting ways. That being the aspect ratio of the film appears to be a square. Uh, and in Yoga Hosers, the girls are looking at the world through Instagram frame, which is also a square. Yes. And then also, uh, both films deal with filters. Going back to the Instagram thing. Yeah. Hashtag no filter. I'm just saying what I want. Mm-hmm. I just say what we're all thinking. There is a filter in front of your face. The there is actually down. a pop filter. So yeah. not literally no filter. Yeah. So I, I apologize for lying. I ironically said no filter the, through a pop filter. The Kellys, the canines. I know. Sorry, canines. Uh, and then in Stalker, there's a sepia filter, at least on the Criterion release. Yeah. Yes. And then also on the, in the sense of framing, uh, lots of shots in Stalker are filmed through or are framed through a doorway. Mm-hmm. So you get that kind of rectangular frame. Yeah. 
And same could be said about uh, yoga hosers when the girls are looking through their phones, which are rectangles. Yep. Bla- hashtag Black Mirror. <laughs> hashtag Mary J. Blige. Hashtag Mary J. Blige. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I had a lot of connections there. Yeah. Both films, I brought up the Aristotle. Just did a rewind. Uh, both. Yeah, I just had to wipe that magnetic tape we're recording on too. Whoops. Sorry about that, oh, people. But also, we're getting such great fidelity on this podcast. Such great fidelity. Such great fidelity. What latitude we're ooh, getting. Oh, I, I can just hear the room that we're getting. Can oh, you just wow. hear like, all the headroom we got? Yeah. Oh, amazing. So good. Oh, it sounds so crisp. Just put it on a couple of great cans and just like lie in your bed and listen to this hot pod. <laughs> hot potties. Who are you? Hashtag Mary J. Blige. Hashtag Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I, uh, who are you? Hashtag the who. Hashtag CSI openings. Hashtag. Montage. Hashtag taking the glasses off slowly. Hashtag here's a zinger. Hashtag yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Mary J. Blige. Hashtag family affair. Uh, both films could be considered to be following the Aristotelian unity that I brought up earlier. Wow. Because uh, both. Yeah. Both films have one action that follows with minimal subplots. There's really only this one plot in this film, which is the Colleen's figuring out what the heck is going on with these sausages. Both have unity of time. Seems like they both take place over 24 hours. And both yeah. uh, kind of have like a unity of place. Like there's not a lot of locations in both films. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously don't just have one place, but they kind of stick to the store and they don't go too far from it. And then also in Stalker, obviously they... Go from wherever the heck they live in that weird wasteland town to the, uh, whatever it's called, the zone. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So way to go, Kevin Smith, for keeping it Aristotelian. Nice. Okay, this is a great one. Both films deal with poison as a theme in that both films poisoned the the career of the filmmaker. So there was a a literal poison on set that... Poisoned a few of the people, including on, including Andre Tarkovsky. Do you know that, what the poison was? I don't remember now, but there was something in the water. Oh my god! Hashtag something in the water. Hashtag Dave Matthews Band. Um, but uh, so no, his that was don't drink the water. I had to take that one back. Don't drink the water. So yeah, so there's a, there's something in the water in the, in during one of the scenes in Stalker. That a couple of people either ingested or breathed in or some sort of like toxin that was around the set. Mm-hmm. And Tarkovsky himself was poisoned with it and then died of some sort of bronchial like poisoning. So this film poisoned Tarkovsky. And yeah. there I would say the same that Yoga Hosers poisoned the career of Kevin Smith. Yes. Like after this movie, it almost seems like he did ir- irreparable damage to his career. Yes. Although and, we'll and, see what happens with Moose Jaw or if he actually makes a really good movie after this. But Kevin Smith also for maybe unrelated reasons or because of stress or lifestyle, uh, also did fall ill. And I believe he had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he he they, he has dealt with health issues after this film. Yeah. He looks, if you see pictures of him now, he looks a lot thinner. Uh, okay, lightning round. There's one dog that appears at the end of the film. Uh-huh. Both happen, happen in both films. Both films, there is someone who loses hope in their vocation. That being the girls working at the place. Yeah. They feel like an existential dread. Same could be said about the stalker at the end of the film. Oh, totally. Yeah. Faith is a theme in both films, mm-hmm. both Satanism and yoga. And then also the stalker is, believes in the miracles of the room, whereas yeah. the other two more academics. Very skeptical. Very, very skeptical. Pessimistic. 
If they were on Reddit, they would be on our atheists for sure. Oh, yeah. Here's something I thought was interesting. So this was a quote from a book okay. about Tarkovsky when I was doing some research. Yeah. Uh, Robert Byrd, in a book called Andre Tarkovsky, The Element of Cinema, says the aesthetic, that being A-S-C-E-T-I-C, plot of a stalker was a central part of a conscious strategy to focus attention most wholly on the image itself and avoid entertaining or surprising the spectator, which is what Tarkovsky himself said. It's yeah. like he didn't want to entertain them. I would say the same could be said about Yoga Hosers and Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because aesthetic is defined as characterized by or suggesting the practice of severe self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. I do not think that Kevin Smith restrained himself from any form of indulgence. He really, 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 truly indulged indulged himself in this film. Yeah, he, he did in a major way. Also, Bergman also said of Tarkovsky that he got to the point where he was making quote-unquote Tarkovsky films. Like, you know, when you watch a Bergman movie, you're watching a Bergman movie. When you're oh, watching yeah. a Fellini movie, you're watching a Fellini movie. Kubrick, same thing. Yeah. All of the great auteurs are kind of doing what basically pastiche of their own work. In Wait, a, can in you a say sense. auteur one more time? Uh, yeah, a lot of auteurs. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> are kind of doing pastiches of their own work. Yeah. Definitely Kevin Smith is guilty of that here. Oh, yeah. He's just like making the Kevin Smithiest freaking GD film in the entire, you know, history of all films. True that, man. Yeah. Yeah. One last point. And then I got I got a last one, a crowning one to finish. Oh, okay, off. good. Yeah. Both films kind of take place in an alternate universe. In Stalker, it's kind of like a, a future wasteland. Could even be now. Could have been in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like the, the near future to when this film was made. Yeah. Because it didn't really look like they had a bunch of future robots or whatever running around. So it was like sci-fi. Lo-fi sci-fi. Yeah, super lo-fi sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, And a really good dream pop band. Oh, yeah. If we're really getting it. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And in Yoga Hosers, it takes place in the View Askew universe, Mm -hmm. as I understand it, which is the Kevin Smith like cinematic universe. Oh, interesting. Which is why you see Jay and Silent Bob pop up in a bunch of movies. Yeah. And they're going to be in Moose Jaws. Thank God. Snoochie Boochies, my Snoochies. I think that's what he says. Oh Snoochie Boochie, my Snoochies. I don't know, but I don't like what you're saying. Also, both films, I feel, don't fully achieve the genre they were heading, heading no, for. No, totally, yeah. I don't think that Soccer is a great sci-fi movie. Oh. It's good at, at having sci-fi elements, but it's not like, oh, that's a good sci-fi, yeah. you know, like Blade Runner or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yoga Hosers could be said, uh, I don't think it really achieved its goals of being a comedy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a sick burn. Nice. Okay, the last the last similarity between these two. The yes. runtime of Yoga Hosers is 88 minutes. Mm-hmm. The average length of a shot in Stalker, 88 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like Andre Tarkovsky saw Yoga Hosers coming and was like, I'm going to make my shots a tribute to Kevin Smith's film. <laughs> he, had a, he had a fever dream. <laughs> what is this? Is that a Borat? <laughs> All right, let's wrap this baby up. Groovy. Let's wrap um, this baby up. So what uh yeah, what are your final thoughts on both films? I think I don't love either of them. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think either film was particularly spectacular. Stalker's good and I understand why it's good, but I didn't love watching it. 
I didn't think it was particularly entertaining. And I thought what it was discussing, both existentially and academically, is interesting, but unremarkable. Not three hours. It's a, it wasn't worth it. It, yeah. it just wasn't worth it. And then oh, Yoga great. Hosers did not pull anything off. No. The only thing they pulled off was that I got to see Johnny Depp do the worst thing he's ever done. Yes, and that's like a pretty tall order. That's pretty, honestly, a crowning achievement for someone else. Yes. To, to achieve that. Wow. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, Mike? I was not into Stalker for the first half an hour. And then by the end of it, you know, you have like a really good kale smoothie. Yeah. Where you can still kind of taste the kale. Oh, I wish this had more literally anything but kale in it. Right. And then, uh, so I was into it though by the end. I also watched on the Criterion Blu-ray which really, really made a difference. I saw the movie you were, the version you were watching, and it was, looked like a trash. It did. So, yeah, you were watching like the toilet version of Stalker, whereas I was watching the a beautiful, like. You um, deduced that I was watching the toilet version, <laughs> and you were watching. I, yeah, I was definitely watching. Although yours was poopier because of the sepia. Oh, I guess like in a way it was like I was pieces. watching it through poo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Called, it, they call it uh, the poo filter in the biz. Yeah. Also in Stalker, they were like, they were out there for a long time. You never once saw them take a dump. No. But how often in films, like Pulp Angry Man, you don't see them go to the bathroom. We, I think we Although were. you do, don't were, you? Were, were, were you there when we were at this party and we were talking about starting a podcast called When Did They Poop? <laughs> no, and it I was, love that it's a, it's, We should definitely make a side cast. I think so. I would a actually, subcast. A subcast. Pick a movie where they do not. Clearly, obviously, poop on screen. And yeah. You just try and figure out the points in the film where a character logically would have pooped. It's so fun, and it's like unbelievably. It's also very like cryptic. Kind of cryptic, yeah. But you can like deduce, deduce. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can deduce yeah. some clues from the films as to where when you, somebody you can pooped. deduce when they deuced. Yeah, there's probably a few times in Stalker where they deuced during. Like when you're in the zone? They had to. Like, you know that one guy, the the, the stalker leaves for a while and like yeah. lies down and has like a weird little nap in the bushes? Mm-hmm. For sure. Took a poop at yeah. some point in that time. Oh, of course. Yeah. And like in the, when they're, when they get to the actual room, that room may have actually had a bathroom in it. Okay. They may have like pooped. In a toilet. In that real With toilet. Because it was like an old building. Yeah. Could have had working plumbing for some reason. Probably did. So to answer your actual question, uh, yeah, I thought Stalker was better than I was expecting, but I also watched on the Criterion Blu-ray, which is really the only way to watch it now, unless you see it in a theater. So it was good. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have seen a lot of Tarkovsky films in my life, and I'm used to how boring they are. So I kind of am just like, this is only my know second. what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, the, the second time I was watching it when I came over, and you were watching the ending, I was like, oh, yeah, this is way better than just even watching the ending the second time. Yeah. This makes so much more sense. Uh, Yoga Hosers was better than I was expecting. I was actually expecting it to be completely abysmal, mm-hmm. but it was actually pretty entertaining in a way. Mm-hmm. I didn't laugh at literally any of the jokes. Mm-hmm. I cringed at a lot of the millennial comedy, like yeah. the Instagram stuff. Epic fail. Like, teens, am I right? It really felt like an old dad. It felt like, like a dad. Uh, being like, this is so funny because I don't really get it, but I'm going to try it out. Check out this sweet jab at my daughter. Yeah. Also, my daughter's in this movie. Yeah. Also, I'm going to slightly objectify my daughter in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Um, when did they poop in that movie? They actually, that film does explain going to the bathroom a little bit. There is a toilet 
picture it in the film. There's a toilet and also they like talk about being on their period and they have like a sign saying like going to the bathroom or whatever that they put up on the window mm. and they talk about pooping because they poop together. That's right. Best friends. So they do talk about pooping. So that's like Johnny Depp's daughter and Kevin Smith's daughter are best friends and they poop together See? in the cinematic universe of the view is universe view is universe. Yeah. See the, when did they poop podcast? is like a great idea. So you can't not it. keep going back to it. I think it's got real traction the for when, sure. The when did they poop flop cast? <laughs> so yeah, I thought uh, yoga hoses was better than I was expecting. I would, my only real critique of which there are actually many, mm-hmm. but my main critique is why, why make so many Canadian jokes? That's just a thing that I don't understand about American comedians. For whatever reason, just the most cliched, overdone Canadian jokes that were kind of beaten to death by Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, no kidding. Are like being retread nonstop all the time. Yeah. Still. And every time that somebody says a boot is treated as being like a hilarious gag, just like we've been working up to this, a boot. Ah, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> nice go work. And, go Win- and take it. Winnipeg. A, yeah, nice work, Winnipeg. Yeah. Pucky Charms. I uh, know. A to Z. Yeah, you know, Terry Fox Preparatory School. Yeah, Canada, am I right? Yeah, there's a lot of Canada, am I right, going on in this movie, and I was like, please stop doing this. Yeah. But it did seem like it was a lot of fun to make. It did seem like it was a lot of fun for somebody to watch, not me, but I got the sense, I I could still project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun for somebody. It makes sense on a certain level. Yeah, it makes sense on a certain level, just as Stalker, I'm sure it makes sense. Some people who are just like, I don't want to watch this boring Russian trash. But then some people are like, I got to watch my boring Russian trash. That's the difference between cinema and film. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. And don't forget about that um, that code you can use. Oh, yeah. Don't In forget about literally, our code. Literally any given situation. Just go and say from Justin to Kane. Yeah. The promo code from Justin to Kane. You'll get things. You will definitely be surprised at the results. Make, a, make an account on the internet. And then forget the password and then put that in as the password and see. See what happens. Just see. Yeah. You might get locked out of your account. You might have to request a reset of password. You might have to get that password emailed to you and then put in that password and then make your password from Justin to Kane. Yes. Here's if a question. K9, all your passwords will be from Justin to Kane. <laughs> yes. It, by the way, to any canines out there who... Uh, have their password being from Justin to Kane, please email us and let us know so we can hack into your email account. <laughs> See what dirty secrets are in your Google Drive. And we, we, um, we our, will start Our podcast that. has, um, like, uh, if you go to our website, we sell merch. Yes. We have lanyards. Oh, so many we, lanyards. We have visors. So there's no top part. It's just the, the visor part of a hat. Yeah, and it's we great also, for, like, doing like, low low stakes accounting on like an old yeah or if you're like a, a machine a dealer at like an illegal yes. gambling den. Oh, it's great those visors are great for yeah. that and they say and then we also have uh pins that are um just tiny yes oh it's the tiny small yeah they yeah and then we have a ten thousand piece puzzle oh <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's a doku book the it's unrelated. That's just a side hustle. I have I sell Sudoku. Oh, books. I, s- I oh, that, it makes sense. I was wondering what I just write them out and then I just start erasing numbers and then I just release it and everything is five stars difficulty. <laughs> <laughs>
Just one page, just nines. All you just have to write is nine everywhere. <laughs> okay, all right. So stalk- you're just ripping and yeah. recording now. <laughs> the movie stalker has the letter K in it. Yeah. The movie yoga hose or somebody says nine, as in German. Mm-hmm. Between both films, K9. The name of the From Justin to Kane fans. And that is why we picked those two films. Yeah, that's why we picked those two films. We just didn't just come up with that. It's a reveal. I didn't just come up with the Sudoku thing. I've been doing that for years. Yes. And nobody's buying. Please go on the website. It's on the third page. You have to click through a few of them. You go through all the merch. And then at the very back, it's like going to the back store, the back of, the, of, of a store and be like, do you sell Sudoku? And then the staff begrudgingly pull out Sudoku from the back room. It's that part of the internet. If you go there... You'll see my Sudoku books. They look handmade because they are. I write it out all loosely. And then I use duct tape to bind it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's super, uh, I would say organic. It's very DIY, very handmade, very, dare I say, slipshod, but also pretty high quality product that I would be happy to sell in our online store. Some are unsolvable. Also, I'll uh, admit it. Also, in our online store, you can. Perfect. Also, in our online store, you can get the collectible baseball cards. Yeah. Which is just. Right now, there's only two available, uh-huh. and it's just they're both me. of Mike, and they're both of me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. there's mean Mike and nice Mike. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. If Once I'm mean, I'm the nice. pitcher. If I'm nice, I'm the batter. Yeah, and then and then I'm the bat catcher in both photos. Yeah, so I'm bat catching behind the pitcher. And yeah, in one of the cards, just buy my Sudoku. In one of the cards, uh, he's kind of blurry in the background, and the other one, he's kind of blocked by my butt. Yeah. The blurry in the background one is the pitcher one. Because that is a behind photo of me. So you can see Bob, but you can't see me because it wouldn't make sense for the back hatcher to be behind me. If I was facing the camera, he would be the second baseman. So in order to make Bob <laughs> be in the photo because he insisted on being the back catcher, <laughs> that's, what ha- that's what we had to do. Just buy the Sudoku book. I need money, please. It's my income. <laughs> I need I- in serious, serious financial trouble. Okay. And yeah. Don't forget also our the website is dot net dot not dot com. So yeah. don't go to the dot com version. It's go dot to the dot onion. Net. It's on the dark web. Yes. That's yeah. right. Like again, like the backstore of a of a, you know, when you go to Dollarama and you're looking for specific light bulbs and they don't have it, but sometimes they do, and then you ask the sole staff member who is behind the cash register if they'll go into the back and look for it. And then they say, no, are you kidding me? Do you see this lineup? There's 35 people in this lineup. Yeah. I'm not going to leave my station to go get a stupid light bulb for you. You've literally done that. It sounds like this sounds like it was <laughs> yes. ripped straight from history. Yeah. Your is. history. Yeah. So just buy the Sudoku and then I don't have to buy my light bulbs. You heard it here, folks. Dollarama. We've yeah. got some Sudokus for sale. Buy them. Yeah. Bob I did, needs I it did to say live. The promo he needs code it to eat. At Dollarama, right. And then they asked me to leave. Oh, really? I didn't know that was going to happen until I asked. That's the only way to find out. Yeah. That's the only way to find out if and you're going to get kicked out of your place chicken, of business. chicken sandwich. Oh, that's a surprise. I know. So you got free chicken even after you got kicked out. Yeah. They felt bad. Yeah, well. And I gave them a free Sudoku. And then they did a few on their break, and they were like, you know what? This ain't half bad. And then you made a new friend that day. I did. Started out as a as an antagonistic relationship, and it became a very much a companionship by in, the end. In fact, that person that's is, how I met you, Mike. That's right. Yeah, that, that person is me. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That's wow. how I know the promo code now. Yeah. Even though it was my idea for I the see, podcast yeah, in the first yeah. place. <laughs> I'm the back catcher. <laughs> the picture. <laughs> uh, just buy the Sudoku. Bye. This is for Justin McCain. Bye. Bye.